Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to AfterBuzz TV on another Sunday night for Fear the Walking Dead, Season 2, Episode 4, Blood in the Streets. We're going to break it down for you. I've got an awesome panel, and incidentally, my dad is in the room watching us do this, so that's really cool, too. Hang out. We'll see you guys in one second. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. What's up, everybody? Yeah, exactly. Ghostface. That's what we do. Yeah. That's what this is, right? Ghostface? Oh, yes, I'm a big fan of Ghostface Killer. Yeah, it was your suggestion, Simon. What can I say? It's appropriate for the Ghostface Killer. I think they go hand in hand. I know the 411. Yeah, excellent, guys. Well, welcome to the show. This is AfterBuzz TV. This is, a, as I mentioned, yet another Sunday night. And this is Fear the Walking Dead, Season 2, Episode 4, titled Blood in the Streets. And what an episode it was. Uh, really good one, I, I felt. This is, I kind of feel like at this point, every episode's the best episode so far. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people have been, have kind of given this season a little bit of a, you know, a bad rap. They've yeah. been quite hard on it. But tonight, even just looking in the chat, yeah. a lot of people are going, yeah, th- this is, yeah. tonight has really brought it home. And I think that it's because it's going in a very different direction than, I think a lot of people anticipated it yeah. too. I feel like every week we were we're very sure on what's going to happen and then it kind of takes a curveball and right. so that's what I like about it. It's staying fresh, it's staying new and the plot lines are getting even better and better each week. Well, well, absolutely. And this is what we found over the last couple of weeks because we've been sort of wondering where a few of the characters are going. We've seen certain yeah. alliances and certain divisions yeah. and we just kind of lacked that bit of backstory. We had a lot of questions about Strand's a great example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of a sudden tonight we're getting those gaps filled in right. and some of it we're liking and yeah. some of it no yeah gosh <laughs> yeah i mean it's fantastic and, mm. and absolutely we will cover every single bit of the episode but uh it, it's definitely a good feeling to know that any anybody who watches this show for the action that wants mm. to see the action they want to see the gunfights they want mm-hmm. to see that it, we're starting to see a little bit more of that stuff and uh you know tonight was definitely exciting and we got our first pirates we got our first po- post-apocalyptic yes. pirates and that's the thing that, you know, the other show obviously has in spades and it takes time. Yep. The world has to get to a point where everybody's sense of morality is gone enough that they can just attack other people, mm-hmm. you know, and but now it's happening. So yeah. now we're getting we're getting uh, traces of what that other show looks like. This is becoming the show that we want to watch. Um, let's let's introduce ourselves, folks. My name's Ben. I'm Ben Bateman. You guys can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Ben Bateman Media. If you want to shout any of your thoughts at me, I've been live tweeting the episode we've been watching. You have. I'm a terrible multitasker, but I'm getting better. <laughs> I was better this week. Uh, I'm joined by Ashley Chapman. Hey, guys. Follow me on Twitter. Give me a tweet, Ashley underscore Chapman. I'm also on Facebook at Ashley Chapman. Let's start the conversation. Uh, Mr. Simon Thompson, please introduce there. yourself, sir. The only import. Uh, yeah, uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter uh, at Showbiz Simon, uh, and also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash this is Simon Thompson. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm. Excellent. Uh, and of course, guys, we are on Twitter as AfterBuzz TV. The episode itself is going to be on iTunes as audio. You can find us on SoundCloud, on Stitcher. Uh, we we 
if you leave your comments and things like that, it allows us to continue to provide free content. We want to continue to provide free content for you guys, uh, free of charge. And so if you give us a rating and review, it helps us do that. In fact, it's the only way we can do that. So yes. please uh, please do that to help us. And lastly, of course, we're going to be getting to Carol Watch, which is our mm-hmm. weekly segment we're doing at the end of the episode, yeah. where the three of us sound off on who we think is this show's undercover Rambo, the, the sort of most badass undercover transformation we're going to see by the end of the season. We've been taking bets at the end of every episode. Who it's going to be? This is an exciting one this week. This had some great ones. I can't wait to get to Carol Watch. So remember, hashtag Carol Watch, and let us know what you think at the end of the episode when we sign off during predictions. Let's get into the show. Okay, where are we going to start with this one this week? Because there's a lot yeah. to get through. Well, we, we, open, we open obviously on Nick, Nick but mm-hmm. I think we should jump into straight into the but we've been boarded. I think is what I would title it as. You know, the, yeah. we got taken over by some some uh, some pirates, and yeah. it turns out that those pirates, it's Jack. It's, it's Jack. Jack from the, the radio. Jack. Yep. We all knew that Alicia's <laughs> mistake was going to come back to bite her in the ass. Mm-hmm. Everybody yep. knew that, and uh, now all the conversations she was having with uh, her pen pal. Her radio pal, <laughs> uh, they located her and they they came to get her. So uh, that was kind of a weird relationship between her and Jack. It's yeah. he seems like a fool, but I can't really decide if she's just being manipulative or if she's actually kind of considering like going with them. Mm, I feel like she's just I, entirely I, using. I, it. I felt she was being manipulative. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think it was very similar when there was a scene where um, she hugged him uh, when they were down yeah. below yeah. deck, and uh, you could tell from her face that physically yeah. she was kind of like, "I'm there for you." Facially. She's like, I'm so not there for you. I'm there. I might kill you. Yeah, she's that trying to figure of... out a plan. Yeah, when exactly. she talks with Madison, you know, she's like, I got us into this mess. I'm going to get us right. out. Mm. So I think that she was just trying to do the very best that she could to make it seem like she was there. Mm. I mean, maybe there are some remnants of feelings there, but right. for the most part, her family comes first, and she probably feels really guilty that she got them into this situation. And so she just wants to, you know, do what she can to get them out of it. I guess to some degree, this is that thing we were talking about with like you watch these shows and it feel. I think one of the early criticisms of this show in season one was that people were so familiar with this type of content, with the post-apocalyptic sort of zombies, yeah. like you know uh, people sort of acting as pirates, so just on land and sea. They felt so much more aware of the way this stuff played out. Yeah. They were frustrated to watch characters that seemed so ignorant to the things going on. But of course, you know, in our minds, we've watched twenty or thirty years of well-developed zombie content, especially in the last six with Walking Dead on television mm-hmm. and other shows. To us, it seems obvious to these characters it doesn't. So this tonight, you could see on Alicia's face, she was getting that first moment of okay. I'm learning something about trust right now. I'm yep. going to have to probably kill someone. These yeah. people I'm with, we're all learning something about, yeah, next time, don't ask, Chris. You should shoot him. If you have to ask, if you have to shoot him, it's probably a problem. Well, yeah. trust is, is something, actually, that, that's really relevant here because um, we obviously look at look look at her and her relationship with Jack and the conversations that they had on the radio, but Jack and the other guys, um, uh, Reed and Vida, um, the people who boarded at the same time, they know more about the guys who were already on the boat right. than they had got from her. Yeah. So somewhere along the line, someone either within that group or, or, or involved in the show that we already met has another link to these guys. They're, we're not getting quite the full story yet because, you know, she was asked the question, how do they know this? Yeah. How do they know all of our names? She hadn't given all of the names. Yeah. So they got that from somewhere. So I'm guessing uh, it's it's quite possible that that's the, that's the kids in the raft they cut. Yeah, uh, from last that's episode. My, that's going to be my prediction. But I mean, even still, did they get that close to them? Because they, they were never allowed on well. the boat. The so. other, I guess, the other option would be Seth and possibly Seth's dad. Though I think Seth's dad is dead. 
uh, possibly Seth and the other the younger brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, Seth only knew a little bit. Yeah. I would I would bank on the people in, in the, the raft, raft from last week. But did they spend enough time with them? I mean, I might I might be incorrect here, but did they spend enough time with them to get to know all of their names? Maybe when they were in the because boat. Yeah. Maybe when they were in the boat on the way back, they kind of introduced themselves or something like that. I'm sure it's all going to circle back and we're going to figure out exactly how. Maybe mm. they found something that had, you know, their names or information. Maybe they were following them or they right. were able to transmit their radio frequency or something. But, yeah. Now, I might be barking up the wrong tree here. But right. maybe they... I don't know if Wi-Fi Bark. still works. Oh, but sure. in case they use things like um, phones. Right. And you're looking for phones to connect you to find out the names of those people around yeah. you. Mm. I mean, that. I might be barking at they the wrong technological... That's, that's how they... Right. Yeah. They, they ask Siri. Ask Siri. Siri. Do, do, do. Siri. Who's yeah. on the boat? <laughs> right, right, right. Shout out to Siri. I'm looking for your nearest Denny's. Not what I asked you, Siri, but thanks anyway. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never yeah. know. I, so I, I definitely thought that was interesting, but mm. I'm sure that's a wrinkle that will be revealed to us. But this is the sort of the first villain's... We've mm. really had to deal with in the show, right? Am I forgetting anybody that came up in season one who was, I guess you had the soldier that they tortured. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was kind of a villain. But even then, they kind of made him a villain. There was, as far as, yeah, there wasn't really a main, there wasn't really a, a, a sort of a, a villain that carried through. Because yeah. it was really the first season was about getting from A to B. Yeah. Right. And trying to escape what they have, what they are enduring with with the Walking Dead, right? So that was really the purpose of the first season. We haven't had that villain here. Yeah, I just want to make sure they don't overload this season with yeah. too many villains, right? Well, this um, is this. Is, I, I get the feeling with Connor and this group, this will be the first test, yeah. and it'll it'll be trying. But they will, they'll, you'll, we're going to lose one of the group in this exchange. It's yeah. pretty clear. It'll mm-hmm. probably happen in the mid season finale, which is crazy. There's only three episodes left, left. until the mid season yeah. finale. Uh, which I don't exactly... We were just talking about this right before we went on air. For anybody that doesn't know this, we watch it. We literally walk in here and go on air. Mm-hmm. So when something like that happens, we're trying to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. When does it come back? What's the date? It's like, eh, we've got about four minutes till cameras roll. Yeah. We're going to have to just figure it out. Um, but that's kind of insane to me because you know there'll be something big that happens in the mid-season finale. Yeah. And yeah. I, it, it seems a little early to kill any character just yet. But speaking right. of characters that would be maybe expendable, let's yeah. talk about the conversation between Chris and Ophelia. Sure. A um, little bit of backstory on those guys. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of character building. Interesting, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I liked it was sort of like uh, Chris tried to be like, oh, yeah, I to see it a girl. I've got all the yeah, ladies. I'm a playboy. Yeah. I've, I've, I've got, got a girlfriend in Canada. You wouldn't know her. <laughs> what was her name? Canadian <laughs> lady. Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, Maria Santos. She's uh, yeah. She was a thing. Yeah. P- p- pick a name. But I love the fact that she, she turns around and goes like, yeah, don't worry. There'll be... There'll, there'll be women left. And he's like, I'm, I'm not thinking. It's like, you're totally worrying about not getting laid in the future. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Who wouldn't? Who yeah, wouldn't be? Of course. You still got needs. You're alive. You still got needs. Do you right. think there might be a Nick, Ophelia, Chris kind of. Oh, like you know, a love triangle? Yeah. Well, I asked, I asked on Twitter since last episode because you guys know I was interested in the in the Nick Ophelia relationship. Perhaps what, too interested. What would the, what would what would the name be for the ship? And oh, I got God. all kinds of. Well, didn't didn't somebody say Nick Ophelia? Nick Ophelia yeah. was the best that took one. That's the cake. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one. Uh, none of them really were very good, I didn't think. That was probably the best, but I think that would be a weird ship name. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting that they shoot Mercedes Mason in the show mm. to look dark, pale, and, like, I think distinctively unattractive. Like, I think they, they intentionally do it because every picture I've ever seen of her, yeah. the times I've seen her or met her in person, she is stunning. I mean, drop-dead gorgeous. And even, like, on her Instagram... 
she's she posts beautiful pictures, just selfies all the time. But they she always seems very kind of like like pale and like sunken in. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. She, she, I, she's made to look very plain. I think is what it is. I thought that was so interesting. I've noticed that each but episode they do do that with quite a few characters, and we've seen this. You know, not not to reference The Walking Dead too much, but we've seen that in a lot of characters over there, where yeah. you know they have a lot of really good-looking people in it, yeah. but they do kind of make them. They, I yeah. guess they have to because yeah, you can't you know, be done up and you know you know yeah. all makeup down. But I also think it could be. Um, you know, because she has the wound. The wound, yeah, she's yeah. a little sick. I thought so too. I'm thinking that maybe that's starting to play, a, a, you know, a role in that. For, for the record, when I say yeah. they try to make her look unattractive, she does not look unattractive. She's still no. quite beautiful. Yeah. Just like it's clear that there's like something going they're on. They're dressed, yeah, they're dressing her down. Yeah, sure. way down. Um, but I think they're doing that with all the characters. Yeah. I mean, nobody particularly looks, you know, overdone or, or completely dressed up. Although or, some of the guys should have more stubble than they've got at the moment. I'm just going to say nobody's true. taken time out to go and have a shave. I so. thought, honestly, this episode, because you guys know I'm like hyper aware of Alicia, I'm a big fan of her, yeah. but the first two shots of Alicia in this episode, she looked gorgeous. They, like, not at all dressed out. Like, mm-hmm. my tweet was, like, first two shots of Alicia in this episode, she looks like a damn Bond girl. She has, like, <laughs> she has, like, the turtleneck on. You're like, alright, guys, come on, let's, let's like, tone it down a bit here. Right. Um, anyway, so m- moving on to, uh, to Nick and Luis. Yeah. So this is a little bit of backstory with Strand, and, I, and we will get there. But I think we should we should hold off on sort of just diving into the whole thing. So Luis is a character sure. that comes from Strand's backstory. Yep. But Nick, as we find out later in the episode, was sent off the boat, and we're assuming as soon as they were boarded, Strand went and found Nick and said, "Hey, you got to get out of here. You got to swim to shore. You know, go find Luis. Go find Luis because we need to get out of here." And Strand then gets on the boat. Um. So. So Nick, we we open up in this. We open up with him swimming to shore. We get kind of a little bit of a nudie shot of Nick, right? Just a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, it was a big one. It's a little Nick. <laughs> what? I didn't look that closely. A little yeah. bit Nick. No, you. I mean, I'm just saying. Like you know, that was clearly we opened. Oh, and we forgot to mention that the change in the intro music. That was a big thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I actually didn't notice it until you mentioned it afterwards. I just it completely passed me by. It, it was it was directly following the scene in the little in, in the little camp that mm. they found. It's like a survivor camp, which yeah. clearly was rubbish. Yeah, because everyone's dead. dead. Uh, yeah, and so Nick just he does another one of these things where he just puts his face straight up to a zombie. He seems to really find some sort of solace staring into zombies' eyes. I I've got a theory on this because obviously he was a former addict and he's receiving clarity, and I think he needs something as a release. Which previously was obviously drugs for him, where he could, you know, effectively because he's using drugs, he'd be on another, uh, on another state. Right. Yeah. So I think he just needs something just to, to just to give him a little break from the, the sobriety, the normality. He doesn't want to go back to the cloudy world of drugs. Yeah. But if it means heading off somewhere and being able to kill a, a, a walker, right. Then that's mm-hmm. kind of his little, you know, his buzz, his fix. You think uh, so? Yeah. You think killing walkers for him is like a little bit? That's like a like a little bit of a, a bump. Yeah, yes. but I don't think he needs it in the way that some of the other characters need yeah. it as a kind of a macho thing. I think for him, it's just effectively it, it's just a different kind of release. Got well, it. I kind of took it as because right before we started the episode and we saw the preview, or you know how they do uh, mm. previews of uh, previous episodes. Um, Strand says, you know, something about, like, I like you because you're fearless and you're focused. Right. Yeah. So I think that he has a very, very different, um, or I, I should say, like, his he's he's very fearless in a lot of ways. Mm. Like, he his approach to the walkers, his approach to them being stranded and, like, all of these different situations, he's always approached it very differently from the other characters on this show. So 
I don't know. I mean, I think that it's because of the drugs, you know, being in those experiences where it's obviously very scary. You don't know if you're going to die or, you know, somebody could stab you, shoot you or kill you at any moment or you could just die from ODing. I think that that's kind of given him a a weird strength. Yeah. And it's it's really separated him um, character wise is how he approaches certain aspects of of just everything um, on this show. Well, there's a functionality to why he's doing it as well, because in order to, to get through all the undead, yeah. you know, he, he's got to cover himself with blood. And right, of course. He doesn't, he doesn't take kind of um, enjoyment from it, because obviously he has to delve into the walker's guts and smear all over his face, which, yeah. you know, he was gagging when he was doing it. I don't right. know, he's like, oh, this is lovely. It's yeah. like a fragrance. Um, you know, so that, so I think it's, it's, it's kind of a, a, a meld of all of those yeah. three kind of things, really. It's purpose, functionality. Um, and a bit of fascination. Yeah. I kind of always feel like. He always looks like he's kind of like a kid, like always searching, like when he's walking through the town. He's yeah. just kind of, Good point. I don't want to say lollygagging, but yeah, just his, right. his whole sway and his whole demeanor um, towards... Just dealing with all these different aspects of of dealing with the walkers and, you know, all of these crazy things. It's just, it's almost like fascination. Like, I want to see, you know, the experience. They they drew a a very obvious parallel with this character from the very beginning, right? So these, you can think of an addict, a a heroin addict, somebody who is kind of a zombie. They kind of, they sort of just limp through life, constantly needing to stay in this one state, this sort of comatose state. Um, it's the same thing, obviously, as a walker, yeah. though they have no choice, whereas, you know, an addict has some choice. But I think they're trying to draw that parallel, and they have been since the beginning of the show. So when he is having those moments that he's staring into those eyes, there is a little bit of maybe him seeing himself uh, and connecting. You have thoughts in the chat. Yeah. Um, uh, Patrick um, Wasoba says, adrenaline junkie, um, which... Mm. You know, something we we we, we you know we've all mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, Winterwolf nine one five actually says, if it was about the kill, this is a good question, actually, good point. Um, he would have killed the female Walker that he passed. So right, mm, yeah, but I, I think that is absolutely correct. But I think that ties into the functionality because yeah. even though it is a bit of a release for him, that you know he did also need to kill that previous Walker because he needed the dude's guts on his face. Yeah. Um, so there's a bit of both. Um, there's some parallels with Nick and the Walkers. Seems like he identifies with them a bit. Um, and Give Me Shelter says, I love this guy's accent. He should be reading an audiobook. You should be reading I an audiobook. Should. I think Kendall. that means that basically I could send people to sleep. With my voice. Do you think which that is it's a compliment? I don't, so. I don't know. So, a lot, so are you able to do an American accent at all? Have you tried? Uh, I, I have tried. I tend to sound like a valley girl or a gay man. <laughs> so we should do which a both thing. both are fine, We should by do the a way. thing, one of these episodes, where you do the American. Okay. And, and I'll do. do British. Okay. okay. That will be the campest episode ever. Yeah. So we'll save that for the mid-season finale. It's probably easier for me than it is for you, right? Um, <laughs> well, we'll, I'll, we'll find out. We'll, I'll, we'll I'll have an say, accent yeah, off. You pick, just, exactly. you pick any like, accent oh, you want. Go. God, they're doing it again. I'll just judge. So, yeah. And, yeah, I'll be the, the Paula Abdul yeah. of the group. <laughs> like, honey, that was lovely. But, that was great. You, know, you need a little work. All uh, right. So we'll, I suppose we'll cover Luis in a minute. Sure. Uh, Nick does find him. They get on the boat, and, uh, and Luis... Looks to be a total badass, but uh, let's mm. talk about the people that he proves himself to be a badass by taking out, and that is the group that is led by Jack, Reed, and Vita, yep. mm-hmm. uh, and, is, and obviously Connor it seems to be sort of like their head honcho. So he's from- kind of the Negan, yes. of the storyline, but he seems to be less ruthless than yeah, Negan because, a yeah, he he's taking people because they have a purpose to him rather than Negan just going ah, I'll kill you all unless you want to work with me. Well, they have a function, as 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 Jack said to Alicia, we all have a function. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's a, that's clearly he very calmly is putting people into their sort of boxes, their 
their areas of you know what is supposed to be going on. So, yeah. um, but there still is some sense of ruthlessness there. You know, um, I don't know. I I feel I thought a lot about that. The, the parallels between him and Negan because. I mean, of course, Negan, we saw a really, really ruthless side to him. Right. Um, but I think that that was just more so out of necessity because of everything that Rick and their group did. So, I mean, we'll see with, you know, Alicia and Travis now being in their camp, if they cause trouble, which I'm sure they will, what will his reaction to that be? You know, kind right. of a, I have to do it just on a principle type yeah. of thing. Right. Um, yes. So, uh so in, in any case, uh, Sorry, apologizing there. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's go through the characters for a moment. Uh, yes. So we've seen Connor, but the least we've had very little yes. action with him. He just sort of walked in and did his thing. Now you have Jack, who is Alicia's guy, yeah, mm-hmm. and he's kind of uh, for anybody who watched Breaking Bad, he sort of reminds me of the Todd character. It's like the really he acts really nice guy, but like clearly capable of murdering. Like mm-hmm. sort of wants yeah. you to like him, wants you to like him, wants to be really friendly to you, but like ultimately. Up to no good. Like, He's a sociopath. Yes. Yeah. Fully. Um, Reed seems to just be your black and white, like... Yeah, the evil villain character. I never particularly like characters like that in shows like this because they have so little depth. It's mm-hmm. hard to really feel... Like, you're just sort of like, you're going to die and it's going to be satisfying and whatever. Whereas, like, a character like Jack, you're like, this will be much more interesting. Yeah. His relationship with Alicia, that'll be a much more interesting death if he dies. And then Vita is just, like, your whiskey-swigging pregnant woman who comes in... That was, yeah, and she's, she is, like, they all seem so broken already. They all seem yeah. so, yeah. like, so, like, ass backwards, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Very, very, like, um. She seems the one that's the least together, though, because when they were having the conversation about her pregnancy, it was very much a case of offhand, oh, I, I haven't been counting. Yeah. And obviously, you know, she, she had been counting. She yeah. was aware of it. And she was just kind of ignoring what is inevitable, whereas the guys seem to have accepted it. So right. she's kind of the one that's most, she's the most in control in some ways, but perhaps the most unhinged in right. other ways. Yeah. Um, and the guys, they they see themselves as effectively having a value by owing something to Connor, but for completely different reasons. Yeah. Well, there was there was the whole conversation between Dugray Scott and, yeah. uh, yes. and uh, Coleman Domingo yeah. about obligation mm-hmm. and about, you know, owing somebody something. That was clearly the theme of the episode, right? Yeah. Is uh, the the concept of debt and obligation? So I, I thought that was interesting. I owe my life because he saved my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sort of a cult leader feeling a little bit with Connor. Well, the conversation that they had in the bar was was certainly between um, uh, Do Gray Scott's character um, and um, uh, uh, yeah, and Strand, whose characters' names were was Abigail, uh, was uh, Thomas, Thomas Abigail, Thomas Abigail. Thomas Abigail. Yeah, um, there is this thing. I think they what. Both Thomas Abigail and Connor have done is found people. They've aligned themselves with their stories with people that they know are going to be very vulnerable. And this tends to be something where you want somebody to work for you, or, or kind of an abusive relationship as well, where you align yourself and saying, "Oh, my mother was absent as well, and oh, my dad died, and right. yeah. oh, I was a single child." And mm-hmm. you go, "Okay, fine," yeah. and you get them on board with that. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually true, but it's just a way of getting them on board. And I yeah. see they've used different lines, Connor and Thomas Abigail. To get people to do their bidding, to right. do their dirty work. They see their weaknesses and then they, they prey on that. Yeah. And right. it's very strategic, you know, it's it's point by point. Um, it's really great. Do we know how much time has passed since they've been on the, the yacht? Since they've been on the boat? It can't really have been too much. Yeah. I would, I'm saying I would, two to three days. Oh, you think total? 
Yeah. Days? Really? Two or three days, including oh, the time well, they, since they, aboard, since they Since, since they, they went aboard, I'd say yeah. that's part of a week. But I think it's two to three days since they left the, the island where the um, the ranger was. Well, because they were only on that island for a day. Yeah. yeah. Right? For a day. And we assume they were on the boat for... Yeah, so I, I guess probably about a week total, yeah. something like yeah. that. And it's, it's only been what... You know, they were in on the, the land when they were in the camps. That They were there for, what, maybe a couple of weeks? A few weeks to a month, mm. probably. Yeah. So it's just really interesting because, you know, Coleman has this crew now, and they seem obligated to him, dedicated to him for whatever reasons. But it's just really interesting because not a whole lot of time has passed no. since the apocalypse has happened. Well, so they don't feel, they don't, I don't, it doesn't, I don't get the feeling they feel particularly obligated to him. It's just sort of a, a necessity, yeah, like survival type of thing. A little know? bit, but they go back to get him at the end there. I mean, the bond of the group is definitely, uh, you know, it's hardening. Uh, we're seeing, mm. we're seeing it solidify in front of our eyes. And, yeah. the, and I guess, it does seem like in the end they all are going to work together. It doesn't yeah. feel like it doesn't feel like Strand is actually a villain or anything like that. Or no. Any of these characters that we're coming to understand and love are actually going to be villainous yet. Yeah, I just think it's really interesting because you know these people before the apocalypse, like who were they? These are just regular Joe Smo people. The yep. woman just was pregnant and just was happy about having a baby, and the other two guys, I assume, are just living normal lives. So it's interesting, you know, even though we don't know their backstory, we can assess from that. Like, wow, this in the few short, you know, weeks or however long that it's been since this whole thing has happened, how quickly people are, are changing or turning in a sense um, and how humanity is really shaping into something horrific so quickly. Mm. Well, a really good point in the chat again, again, from from Winterwolf915, uh, um, actually Pozo Blue, uh, saying that in season one, they were protected by the military and they're learning only now that basically they are very much on their own. There is no military. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sure. And uh, and we I love I love this part of the story because mm. we're we're not so far from things really being things really being done like yeah. the yeah. Civil- civilization just being finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is no more hope that we're going to find anything of you know good or right like probably by the end of the season we'll have reached that point. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah. that way. Um, One thing I'm I'm really interested to find out is is um, Thomas Abigail when he was in um, the bedroom talking to um, Strand yeah. was saying that there's been an outbreak yeah. And that in itself led me to believe that they knew in some way that... What had happened before what, it was What had happened, that they kind of knew that there was something that could create an outbreak. So it, the fact that there's an outbreak, it wasn't like, oh... Th- 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 it just seemed like they knew a little bit more about the yeah, fact that this could sure. potentially happen. Well, so... I, I might be reading too much into that, but... Hmm. Well, I mean, no, there there were cases of it. Um, if you remember, um, Tobias's character... Um, you know, on the first season, yeah, I was you know, reading about there it, was a lot of it. different cases out there, but I don't think Fine. people were really taking it seriously. Um, so it was I mean, more isolated, very true. Yeah, but I mean, point. in their particular you know industry, they seem like people who should have to be in the know about certain things. Maybe they did get you know warned a little bit earlier than everybody else. Well, if you guys want to be in the know about something that I think is very important, I should just just, just swerve the conversation for just <laughs> one second to let you know about something something I like to call Casper mattresses. Casper mattresses are very comfortable. Extremely comfortable. They were they were awarded as one of Time Magazine's best inventions of 2015. They're in fact the most awarded mattress company now mm. in the world. Uh, incredibly comfortable. Mattress ships free. It's surprisingly compact. It comes in a, a great box. It's uh, it's returnable. Um, I love my Casper. So uh, we have a code here if you guys want to try them out. There they are wonderful and absolutely the mattress we recommend on this show. Uh, Try yours for 100 nights in your own home with free shipping and returns. Go to Casper.com and use the code AFTERBUZZTV for $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. That's Casper.com, code AFTERBUZZTV for $50 
towards your purchase. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Back to the show. Yes. So, guys, uh, let's talk about Strand's backstory. Do you guys ever watch Lost? Did anybody watch Lost? Here and there. I'm not, wasn't too I, much of I didn't yeah. stick with it all the yeah. way through. Lost is, uh, it fell apart a little bit in the yep. middle. Like, yep. there's a lot of people. I'm one of those people that think Lost season four is where it starts to kind of. But nonetheless, the first season of Lost is one of the best seasons of television I've ever watched. And it's because they rely on a very specific formula. Mm. You have a group of people. You're seeing what's happening in real time as sort of their world is falling apart. And then piece by piece, you're flashing back to their backstory. And it's fascinating. The more you learn to love these characters, the more fascinating one little, like, ship-in-a-bottle episode of what happened before we met them. And this was exactly what I got out of Strand's character. I loved it. I mean, Mm -hmm. it reminded me so much of watching one of those old episodes of Lost. And if he wasn't already enough of a badass, suave, incredibly well-dressed, a super cool boat, one of the coolest voices, now we find out that Strand is gay, or at least bi. Fantastic plot development. Yeah. Right? So... I loved it. I loved their scenes with Dugray Scott from Mission Impossible 2 and other things. Um, I just, I really loved it because, you know, they did a really good job at the beginning with making him seem like he was going to turn into this villainous character that we couldn't trust. But yeah, yeah, getting that backstory and seeing like, no, like he actually does have, you know, genuine, honest motives. And we Mm. can assume the whole reason why he wanted to to meet in Mexico, he's meeting up with his his lover, this this guy that either he's with, you know, romantically or just they have a really close connection with. So I think that that's, there's like some, there's beauty in it, you know, because it, it was for genuine, honest reasons. And it wasn't just because he was, you know, trying to pull one over on them. Mm. Um, but I just interesting to to get your thoughts on, you know, their attitude toward him. Like I get he doesn't really seem like a trusting character at this point, but like, this is his yacht, or, or we know it's it's Abigail's yacht. Um, but either way, they assume that it's it's uh, Strand's yacht, um, and just kind of how like they kind of want to take more power and position, you know, over the decisions that he makes. Right. And I get the decisions that he makes. You know, they look really really bad. But you know, what do you guys feel about? You know them wanting to. We want to throw him off the boat after you know he's done so much to save them in a sense, and it is his his yacht. So I I thought about this because at the beginning of the episode, um, they did have that discussion about, especially Travis brought it up and was like, "We can throw him overboard. We don't we don't need Strand." Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And and then he was talked out of it by Maddie. He was kind of like, you know, he's he's the guy with the keys. Yeah. Right. But we obviously found out later in the episode that the boat can be hot wired. So if they really did want to throw Travis, um, throw um, Strand off the side, <coughs> they could have done. They could have. They could have restarted the boat right. without him. I think it's kind of a, you know, when you say, "Oh my God, I could kill that person," right? Yeah, actually, mean you could kill them. And I think it's that kind of thing where mm-hmm. it was kind of like they they wanted to say it as a release rather than actually meaning they would throw him over the boat yeah. because they, they, you know, they don't need him. Right. They could throw him over the side. They could take the boat and just sail off. Although, as somebody said in the chat room, they haven't really stopped for gas. So mm. they're going to need some fuel pretty soon. So right. I don't know how far they're going to get with the boat. But they, they could have easily carried on without Strand. They could have chucked him over the side, but they chose not to. I think the cast, the, the characters like him more than perhaps... They're letting on. They're yeah. actually letting on. Well, he's a little bit of a love-to-hate character. Yeah. But yeah. he's such... I mean, for good... <laughs> Oh, he's, a dick. he's he's a dick, but he's like yeah. okay. In, in the way that some characters in shows I can think of are clearly love to hate characters, mm. he's like a love to love character. He's awesome. He's yeah. maybe the best character in the whole show. I mean, like 
obviously I have my soft spot for various characters, but I think this character is wonderful, and yeah. rarely am I like, oh, he's totally in the wrong. God, the backstory just did even more for me. I, I loved it, and I think the outfit that we see him in when he's talking to was, Thomas Abigail is the outfit the that we find him in, in mm-hmm. originally. So yeah. he goes off to close this deal, and uh, that's where he gets captured or whatever something. Happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something happens. Um, but but I thought yeah, some of the stuff when that, that final conversation that he has when Abigail finds him before they obviously you know, reconvene and become friends or lovers or whatever is he says, "I didn't pardon you; I obligated you." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which again, that's kind of the theme of the episode, yeah. right? You get the same feeling with the the pirates and Connor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's chat a little bit about Alicia and Travis getting taken away by okay. Connor and uh, and and these pirates. So you got the sense that Alicia's going to be some like spared to some degree, something, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know why they've been taken. It's not clear as to what their purpose is. Yeah. because I mean, she doesn't really tends to. She doesn't really have a a use. She's not. Good at anything, Alicia. Yeah, except for being the object of one of these pirates' affection. Yes, and that's <laughs> yes. that's it. And then obviously, there's Travis. Is he he can do labor stuff? So we don't know why they've been taken. Right. But I think one of them is collateral, and one of them will be expendable. But you wonder, like, uh, if it seems like it seems like thus far, Jack would be like, no, you can't hurt Alicia. Yeah, right? he's already vied for her, and, and at this point, probably before they even got on the, the boat, yeah. he was t- planning that. Which means, what are they taking them somewhere safer? Are they taking them to, like to their home compound? I thought so. I mean, that's what it looked like, um, and I think that they probably are just, you know. They're out scavenging. They're out collecting people mm. to help them strengthen whatever community that they have. And so right now, everything it's it's about you know bringing people together, whether they really want to or not. Right. Um, seeing who is valuable and seeing who has what skills, just so that they can make their community or wherever they are a lot safer or right. more you know resourceful. They did insinuate they'd be returned, though. They did. So. I mean, whether they're, they're pirates, I'm not saying they're yeah. the most trustworthy people on right. earth. Right. But, you know, they, they did say that they wanted to take them and, 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 and they would bring them back safe right. and sound. So if they did take them to land, I kind of don't know what they do because obviously Maddie, out of all of them, is more of the the mother caregiver. Right. You know, and obviously Nick wasn't there, but Nick is a guy who knows medicine because right. he was a drug addict. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what I don't see their value to another group. As if, if you were going to pick teams and go, I'm going to have that person and that person. Right, right. Yeah. You would want to take someone like Strand, or you'd want to take someone like Maddie, who really or or, or, or Salazar. Salazar would be yeah. like the first pick. He, he'd be yeah. like Strand and Salazar would be the two you'd pick for survival. But uh, it seems like an odd an odd choice. I'm not quite sure where that choice. Well, is they don't from. know anything about Salazar. He didn't yeah. open his mouth. Of he, course. Yeah. He, I mean, they they know a little bit about these characters, but Salazar was quiet. And sat there because he was plotting his next move. Mm. Yeah. So, so let's talk about then what happens. Yeah. Um, so, a couple things in conjunction. Sure. First of all, Luis is coming back with Nick after Nick has somehow just convinced him, like, "Hey, I know Strand, so we're on the same team." Yeah. And he drives a sweet Porsche, and he's like, "All right, let's use the last of my water pressure." Like, he's very living in the old world still. Yeah. Has not adapted yet. Yeah. Because they had this whole idea of like the new world they were going to launch in Mexico. Mm. So clearly, he th- he thinks that despite what's happened, the fact that the whole world's dead doesn't matter. We'll get in Mexico. This money is going to work. I'll drive my Porsche. It's all good. Um, so they get on their on the dinghy, and they're on the way back to the boat. And, like, he's like, okay, uh, I see people that I don't know. I see people that I don't know. And you're thinking, oh, no, they've got the elevated position and a sniper rifle. And he's just like, nope, 
One shot, two shot, uh, done. done. So yeah. like this guy is a total badass. Who's yeah. the ginger? Done. Yeah. Take her out. What? Yeah. So this guy, you're like, we've got a we've got a straight up soldier in our ranks now. Because yeah. the guy that can the guy that can hit two people from like a moving like little like whatever a paddle boat thing like, like motorized far scooter. Away, you know? Yeah. Not those those pirates don't stand a chance. So then looks like that that wrench looking thing that got yeah. dropped that Travis left is that what uh, what yeah. Reed gets stabbed through the back use, yeah, yeah I believe so but then in the episode in the preview of the next week's episode it looked like he was like okay I mean they didn't impale him you know I think he's probably dying or bleeding out at that point maybe of course they, they help him a little bit because he's the only person who can tell them where Travis and Madison are he yeah. looked like he took a piece of metal straight up yeah, through his body he I don't know uh, maybe they it's only yeah. a flesh wound yeah it's only a flesh wound. So he'll be fine. Only a flesh wound. He'll be fine. He's he's slowly turning, but <laughs> yes. you know, right. little thing. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And we take out we take out the ginger, the yeah. other guy, two characters whose names we didn't know actually. Um, and then Reed gets impaled. I don't. Ha- do we know what's happened yet to Vita? Did she leave with Connor? Yeah. She yes, left she did. Vita left with Connor, yeah. and Jack left with Connor. Yeah. yeah. So the only person left on the boat that matters. Ginger, anonymous guy. And Reed. Reed. And Reed has been impaled by this wrench looking thing. Yeah, Reed's kind of yeah. screwed. But uh, Salazar never really? got his yeah. Salazar never got his shackles off, or he did? I I, uh, I, I didn't see him get his shackles I, you know, off. He I think seemed... he did. He, I think he grabbed Reed's gun when he went outside to see what happened to the two people who got shot. Okay, fine. And so then somebody else grabbed right. the, the wrench and stabbed him. What I like but, about what I like about this whole interaction is that it changes the stakes now for our characters to a point mm, we yeah. will no longer have to deal with we can take on extra people. We're pacifists. We trust people. Yeah. That's not happening anymore. Mm-hmm. No. This experience is going to change the entire dynamic of the show, yeah. the dynamic of all the characters. And, and Carol Watch, which we're going to get to in just one second, is now kickstarted. Mm. Yes. That's now, now we get the trajectory oh, we yeah. want for these characters because none of them are dumb enough to think, oh, yeah, we can just let randos on our boat because they look like they're struggling. Like, mm-hmm. you put them on their knees with a gun to their head and make them explain their story. And then you pull either a Rick Grimes and shoot them. Yeah. Or you just kick them off the boat. Shoot them in the leg. Yeah. Something. Or the kneecap. That's yeah. That's even worse. Yes. That's not that I know from experience, but yeah. So speaking of which, do you guys yeah. want to get to predictions? Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. <sighs> Waiting for the predictions music. There we go. There we go. You're after Buzz TV predictions. Okay, so two things going on here, guys. The first thing is at the end of the episode, we're going to announce Carol Watch for one more time. Those who are just joining us, this is the thing we do every week where we talk about who we think is the undercover badass of the show, who's going to make the biggest transformation by the end of the season from kind of a meek character to just straight up Rambo in disguise. And we're going to each announce our pick at the end of the episode. Obviously, share with us on our Twitters, hashtag Carol Watch, as well as our normal predictions. So, first and foremost, why do we think, we'll just revisit this, why do we think they know more about the people on the boat? What's your guys' guess? You go first. Um,. I'm going to assume that it probably has something to do with the couple in the boat who strand next. But I mean, I don't I don't know. It would have to be something where either there was a radio frequency that somebody was able to tap into that went unnoticed. And so they were listening to people's conversations. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that that will will definitely be revealed. And I'm wondering, you know, kind of what the significance of that really was because um, you don't really need to know a whole lot about people that you're going to just kill and sort of um, you know pirate from you know mm. so it just seems interesting it seems like they've been watched and listened they've been you know kind of being surveilled for a really long time so I think it might have to do with that group of people who are in the boat and maybe that might come full circle back you know towards the end of the season or maybe next 
But that's my prediction for that. I'm guessing that in next epi- next week's episode, when we get back to the compound, um, we're going to see the people from the flight, the the girl and the guy who were cut. Uh, they're going to be back at the compound, and it's mm-hmm. going to be like a "Oh my God, it's you guys" moment. Yeah, um, you're the reason. I think that's the only explanation because I don't think Seth and the little kid are going to come back in just yet. Yeah. And Tobias doesn't know enough, didn't know enough about the family that we could assume for whatever reason he would pop back up. Yeah, uh, I don't think there's any other character that has been around them enough that we could actually expect. Yeah. Well, Seth and the kid were really keen to stay on that island. Yeah, they didn't want to go anywhere, even though you know, dad was a killer and mum was a zombie. Yeah. You know. Um, so that, I don't. I don't think we're going to see them just yet. I think yeah. we might see them in the second part of the season. Um, I'm still wondering, and it, it's it's probably the outside side. I'm wondering if there is somebody else on the boat who has some sort of connection with them. Oh, like somebody who's a little bit undercover. Yeah. Well, maybe not just or someone whose paths have crossed and they they somehow have been passing back information. I mean, there was a bit where Strand was. You know, he went upstairs at the beginning of the episode and he pulls out the gun. He's like, "Are oh, you being paranoid?" Right. I'm wondering if there's something. If there's a connection between Yeah, there's and... something going on. Not simply Strand, but just something... Someone there is not telling the whole truth. I thought that when he said uh, being paranoid, because he was missing something, right? That was what I, I thought he went to go look for something and Daniel had taken that his gun. That could have been... That's yeah. what I thought. The bit of, that, I tell you what, it could have been going like you're being paranoid. It's yeah. a bit of paper that Nick yeah. took to the island where he met Luis. Got it. So that's why I'm going to be going paranoid, thinking, ah, why would anybody take that? And that's why Nick left the boat. Maybe. And oh, went yeah. to okay. get Louis. Because obviously, he, Strand wasn't going to say, come and get the guys and come yeah. and take us all to Mexico. He yeah. was going to screw them all over. So Nick was kind of playing the hero and going like, screw it, I'm going to go to land. I'm Got going to it. get everybody. Make this dude come back with the boat. Hmm. That could be that. But I, I think someone else there is is yeah. some... They've got a leaky ship, not with water. Something. It's, something's yeah. going on. Okay. Which is still kind of okay. suspect to me, because I don't know when Nick... Because I would assume that he was asleep. So it's yeah. like, when did you find time to find him, have this whole conversation, get on the... You know, so... I don't know. There's still a lot of holes there for well, me that need to be filled. Well, because Strand saw the guys downstairs, so he maybe ran around in some secret way and hid yeah. and found Nick. I was like, you need to get off the boat right now. Uh, that's, that's I think, what we're supposed to infer happened there. But, yeah. um, okay, now, next thought. Mm. Uh, Mexico and getting into Mexico with Strand mm-hmm. is priority one yeah. for Strand and for yeah, Luis. Very much so. But Alicia and Travis is clearly going to be priority number one for everybody else. Yeah. So, question, what will happen? What will happen when that conversation comes up between Luis and Strand and everyone else? What will it be? Um, I definitely think Madison is obviously going to want them to try and and save them. And I think she's going to, you know, sort of make her cases as to why they should go there um, and try to appeal to that. And, of course, there's going to be some pushback. But, I mean, ultimately... um, I think that, you know, since there's there's somewhat of a more of a respect between Madison and Strand, you know, that's sort of developed even over these these few episodes, he might give into it. I'm sure there'll there'll be a little bit of, of pushback, but ultimately I think he'll he'll try to save them. You gotcha. know. Uh, that's just my personal prediction on that one. Um, I've just been corrected. Apparently, Daniel took um, the clip. That's what I thought. Strand's clip. That's yeah. that's so, what I thought in the last episode. Daniel went to find the stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I I don't know. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not so sure. Got it. Um, okay, j- uh, jumping in then. So two more questions. Yeah. One: Will a character? Just a yes or no question. Will one of our main characters die in the mid-season finale? Yes. Yes. No. No. Uh, yes. Sorry, I take that back. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Talk myself no. into it. One of them yeah. will die. Um, yeah. Who's it going to be? One answer. 
I'm I'm going to take a big pun, and I'm going to say Travis. Travis dies mid-season finale. Ooh, if I had to guess... Um, I'd say either Daniel or Ophelia. Um, I am going to go... No pressure. Ah, Jump. Jump. We'll tell you next week, kidding. Chris. Yeah. Chris dies. Chris dies. So we're saying Chris, we're saying Ophelia, we're saying Travis. Travis yeah. dies next season. That's been my prediction all along. I'm sticking with it. Uh, last but not least, guys, mm. this is Carol Watch. Who do we think it is? And this is not by the mid-season finale. This is by the end of this season. Who will have taken the reins as the kind of uh, – it kind of right now, Salazar is acting that way. He's just yeah. sort of being that character. But he also was kind of a badass in the first Before, place. Yeah. So I don't really feel like his his transformation is that fair. Yeah. Um, all right. Who we got? I, One answer. Well, I mean, if Nick is – or Chris, rather, if Chris is next uh, before the end of this season, I'm, I'll still take a whack at him this time, no pun intended. Um, I think he'll be Chris. Carol. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm choosing him for Chris the Carol watch. Just because, you know, he was very timid in the beginning with the should I shoot him or should I not? Right. I think that was a learning experience for him. Like, nope, next time I'm just going to blow their brains out. Yeah. And then when he, um, you know, grabs the, the wrench or whatever that was and, and stabs Reed, you can just see the, the anger and the frustration in his eyes and, yeah. and almost kind of like a switch. And, you know, Madison has to almost tell him, you know, like, calm down, relax, right. stop type of thing. So I think that there's there's their wall breaking there that's going to force him past that line that rambo line mr Thompson. okay here's well here's where i'm going i think we're <laughs> going to see jack coming on board with the guys and yep. growing as a character i think he's going to screw the other guys over no. going to leave connor and those for dust you think he's going to join alicia's team i think he's going to join alicia's team and i think eventually he'll become a carol character because i think he'll you know he'll grow a pair mm. but i think we're seeing nick at the moment you know he's that dude's got bigger balls than an elephant with elephantitis yeah He's pretty you know, awesome. They're pretty, pretty big balls you know, in this your series. Visuals every week Thank you. Just sorry, did I scar you? I, yeah. I'm sorry bit, about that. But. I think it's going to be him because he's becoming more and more of a badass and more of a it's leader. Yeah. And I think he's he's going to be my Carol. Yeah. Um, I am going to revert back to my initial prediction, and I think unless something drastic changes this, I have a feeling I'm going to be riding this wave until the end of the season. I'm all in on Alicia. She because this is. I think what's going to happen is I think she's going to go into this camp, mm. and I think it's going to be one of these situations where like. Jack's not going to have as much pull as we think. We're going to see an uncomfortable yeah. scene because she's a young, pretty girl in a post-apocalyptic situation. So some sort of some sort of really, really dicey situation with male characters coming after her is going to happen. I think we're going to see a really horribly uncomfortable moment where she kills a bunch of people, mm. kills a bunch of guys to survive, is totally scarred, yep. covered in blood, crying, and it's like we're going to see the, the psychosis start to change, and she is going to become that character in a second. That's like – it's just – it's set up. She's yep. just – She's just awesome, and I just—I th- really think it's her. Um, something would have to really, really knock me off my stool to to change that one going forward. <laughs> well, we wouldn't want to knock you off your stool, would we? Yeah, no, yes. we wouldn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you like Alicia, especially yeah. I love her. Anybody really? as a character, as a character, she's a wonderful character. Okay. Anybody else in the chat uh, have any opinions? Yeah, uh, yeah we got some interesting ones actually. Um, uh, Chris wanted to finish um, finish the guy off. Uh, that's fine. We'll see. That's okay. okay. Um, Alicia's making huge strides with her character development. She is manipulating Jack to save her family. Yeah. Absolutely. In terms of becoming a Carol, this is from um, Maldova808. In terms of becoming a Carol um, during character development, it'll be Alicia, Chris, or Ophelia, because Madison, Salazar, and Nick are already tough and badass, which I think is absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, Alicia is Carol on Fear the Walking Dead, obviously with you on that one. Um, and and um, Marissa B saying, I don't think any of the mains will die mid-season. Yeah, it's 
it's, which it's, is an interesting point. I was clearly close to change because I changed my mind mid sentence. Yeah. yeah. Even you're not sure about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alicia's Carol all the way. Alicia is Carol. Um, uh, Alicia is clearly Carol. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, and uh, someone knight my elephant balls analogy. Team Alicia. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yes. Making ball for great analogies. Great accents and elephant balls. Thank you. Thank you. Simon. I make it sound you almost intelligent. So much. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that is going to wrap us up, guys. That is the show. Thank you for tuning in to yet another Sunday night. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Remember to tweet your suggestions and predictions with hashtag Carol Watch. Any other thoughts you have, I'm Ben Bateman. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, guys. Find me on Twitter, Ashley underscore Chapman. I'm on Facebook at Ashley Chapman. Thanks for tuning in tonight. And you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Showbiz Simon or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash this is Simon Thompson. Fantastic. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 